You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Ramban versus Rambam. We're going to learn some halachos of the Rambam tonight, and the halachos flow from the interpretation that Chazal give to these psukim. In some ways, the Rambam Shita is distinct and unique from other Rishonim. However, this is really more about some of the major ideas that are suggested by the Psukim in the Torah than it is about the Rambam's specific take on those Psukim. There are subtle differences between the Rambam and the other Rishonim in terms of how they understand this mitzvah. And the mitzvah I'm talking about is the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. It's clear that Korban Pesach has two parts to them. That's why we call this, in a sense, the dual nature of the Korban Pesach. There is the Shechita and the Hakrava of the Korban Pesach. The Shechita, of course, is only what kills the animal, the Zvicha. Of course, it has to be followed by the essential Kabbalah and Zrikas Hadam on the Mizbeach in order for the Korban to be kosher. But that seems to be the term based on the Psukim and the Torah that we assign to the idea of Shechita. Shechita is an overarching term, which means everything till the Zerika is over and the Korban is basically kosher. It does not necessarily include the other parts of the actions on the Korban. Then there's the Achila of the Korban Pesach eating of the Korban Pesach, which is itself different in some respects than what we understand in general about the mitzvahs of eating. Normally, we understand that there's a mitzvah, for example, of its very close brother or cousin of a mitzvah, the mitzvah of Achilas Matzah. There, the mitzvah is to eat a kezayis of matzah. Some will say we have to eat more than one kezayis because of a certain chumrah. But generally, the mitzvah of you, your makayim, the mitzvah of achilas matzah with a kezayis. There is a great discussion whether if you eat more kezayisim throughout the seven days of Pesach or more matzah, do you have a mitzvah kiyumis? Of course, the famous opinion of the Vilna Gon, others ascribe it to, to the Eben Ezra as well. But clearly, that is a secondary part of the mitzvah. The main mitzvah of eating matzah, be'er of teichu matzahs, is one kezayis. When it comes to the Korban Pesach, here we're going to see the language of the Rambam. Um, and maybe it's based on the, the psukim clearly, indicate that the mitzvah is more than just achilas kezayis. There's something about the achila of the whole carbon, if possible. It's more than just a certain amount. It's that this animal that's now a carbon Pesach needs to be eaten. So that is, in overview, the two parts of these mitzvahs. The shechita, hakrava, zrika, sadam of the carbon Pesach, and the achila of the carbon Pesach. What's interesting is that the Torah seems to stress one essentially in one place where the mitzvah is introduced. And then incredibly seems to forget or not discuss 
in particular, the Achiva of the Korban Pesach. In fact, it gets even further. The Achiva of the Korban Pesach, when it's first introduced, defines the identity of the night and that Korban. And then it's only vaguely obliquely referred to in the future. Let me, allow me to illustrate. As you can see, as we read the Psukim, and this, of course, is the part of the Torah that, that uh, Rashi, quoting Amar Rabbi Yitzchok, the Torah should have started from here, from Achidosh HaZelochem. Right after we mention, of course, Achidosh HaZelochem Rish we get to the essence of what's called Parshas Achidosh, which is taking the se lebeis avis, taking the sheep, taking the uh, the kid, as it were, this young goat or sheep. The Torah writes in Pasuk Dalit Perak Yud Beis, that the mitzvah of having the animal needs to be understood by the amount of eaters. Ish l'fi ochloi. The seh, in a sense, is still, of course, alive at this point. It's being said according to our tradition on the 10th. It's still four days till that animal would die. But the Jewish people need to understand that they are going to be eating this animal. This animal, which now stands alive as the symbol, in a way, of the, the Mitzri nation, will be eaten. And the way they are going to connect themselves to it is based on their ability to eat it. Ish lefi ochlo. The next pasuk, actually two psukim afterwards, mentions that v'shochotu oso kol kaladas yisrael bein arbayim. Now, oso means it, that animal that um, each one is taking. But it's almost eerie, as the Gemara in Kedushin points out, that it's almost as if one carbon Pesach could be for the whole Jewish people. And of course, Vishochatu also, Kol Kaladas Yisrael, means that Shechita will occur. Now, obviously, not everyone who's connected to the carbon Pesach can Shecht. And this, of course, is the source of the cardinal principle in the Torah of Shulach Shulatam Kamoso. The Torah then speaks about the blood that needs to be placed on the doorposts, on the lintel that is above the doorpost, the mashkof, alabatim, which is the face of the houses, asher yochlu osobahem, that this will be eaten. Again, obviously you're eating it again, but the emphasis is the blood of the animal is in the house where you're going to be eating it. The next pasik, v'yochlu esabosar, Right? The meat, of course, the meat is, means as opposed to the inedible or, un, or, or difficult to eat parts, the the rubbery sinews and other parts of the animal. But they'll eat that meat. And then the meat is described how it needs to be eaten. And then a second uh, emphasis, umatsasomerorim. It doesn't just say eat the meat with matz and mar. You shall eat it. It shall eat be eaten. The, the meat of the Koran Pesach is eaten with the matz and mar. So the Torah in Pasiches emphasizes eating twice. 
The Rambam in the Sefer Mitzvahs, based on the Gemara and Psochim, says that these two emphases, Ba'ochlu and Yochluhu, tell us that the Korban Pesach, although there's a mitzvah to have matz and mora with it, the Korban Pesach is the prime mitzvah, and that even if the other two are, are absent, the mitzvah Achilas Korban Pesach still stands. Eating. The next Pesach says, It limits the way the Korban Pesach needs to be eaten. It gives us our first losase in the Torah, the very first time the Torah gives us a negative commandment, is about how we should not eat this korban. And it mentions, of course, that it can't be boiled, and it can't be undercooked. It has to be, of course, roasted. That is the, and again, it's interesting that it's introduced with the word al, teichu mimenu no. The very next Pasik says, using the word lo, don't leave over from it till the morning anything. And if anything is left over in the morning, it needs to be burnt and So eat as seemingly the Torah is emphasizing that the whole animal needs to be eaten. doesn't mean burn it. In other ways, it means try to eat this whole thing. The next Pasik underscores again the importance of not only eating the animal and eating the whole thing, but how the animal needs to be eaten. In a way that our tradition tells us was true and very important in the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in the year 2448, but was not true from that point on. And yet, this Pusik, uh is is really a um, uh, touches on a very central debate about the essence of the name Pesach. It's the first time the word Pesach is used in the Torah. Let's see, in terms of the name of a certain um, uh, event or day, here it is. chagurim. Your loins, your hips, your your area that uh, is usually bound up when you're going to go outside, so you don't walk around and flap around and reveal yourself. Mosnechem chagurim, like you have your belt on tight, so you can get your pants on. Nalechem beraglechem, you've got your walking shoes, your shoes that you're going to navigate your way into a desert with. You're going to have your walking staff, your stick. This that you're going to use to guide your animals. This that you're going to use to navigate over a craggy plain. Hmm. But you're really just saying in one place. But this is the way you eat it. You eat it with a sort of dissonance. You're eating it in a rush. There is amazing things happening. You know that you're going to be leaving, but that needs to be reflected in your body language, in your attitude. And wearing the clothes and having these things in your hand, instead of unbuckling yourself after gorging yourself at a meal, you're actually, while you're sort of gorging yourself, you're still all buckled up and ready. Now, what does that mean? 
if you just take that Pusik itself, it's very hard to understand. If we take a look at the Rashi in this Pusik, we see Rashi says, Pesach Hulashem. Hakorban Kori Pesach. That's the name of this Korban. This that you slaughter and eaten in a special way, this thing that brings you close to God, that you that you sacrificed the money for, that you actually gave in and that you bought, whatever funds the, the, the Jews had, this was meant to be owned and bought by them, is called a Pesach. But why Pesach? Because that's what skipping does. Piseach is somebody who seems to hop because he's not able to, to put his feet strongly, straightly together. God seems to be hopping and jumping over the houses. Why? Because this is a period, incredibly, that the Jews have moved into the suburbs. Even though on one end they seem to be in Goshen in this ghetto without the Mitzrim, the poor Jews, and the Lachat HaShelochtim by the point of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we're speaking more about this idea that it's like the homes are intertwined with each other. And it's like dead, live, dead, live, dead, live. What's going on? <laughs> Normally with a COVID or an outbreak and the, the open air, the touching, the breathing, the spitting, the fecal material, whatever it is that passes it. And when you're in, in, in close contact, there is no difference between one type of human or another, but somehow this is what happens. Death should be straight down the line, and yet it seems to be zigzagging. It seems to be hopping. The kofets mimitzrim, mimitzrim, right? Goes it jumps from one mitzri to the other. nimlat, and the Jew in the middle was saved. Now. <laughs> We realize, of course, that from God's perspective, there's no jumping, right? God doesn't necessarily have to do things in a row. We know Ani Hashem, it's God himself. Yet from our perspective, when we sort of think about this idea that this incredible ploy that was happening, that the people, my two neighbors are dead, but I'm not. The image that pops up is as if God is jumping. In my brain, when I conceive of this, I conceive of it as if there's a jumping God, a God in a hurry, a God who's hopping, a God who's like Barry Sanders eluding tacklers. So when you are eating this Corbin Pesach by being, by, by having your uniform on, by being in a sense of hurry that the uniform makes you feel. The clothing lends to that attitude. So you're also jumping around. Instead of sitting there in a sense of calm, right, uh, in a way as if um, you would say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting in my lounge chair. Please stuff me some more kugel. Give me another piece of that meat. Give me another piece from the leg. We're doing a derech dilug vikfitza. Zecher lishmo, shakari pesach. In a way, that is a model to what God is doing, because God is outside, right as this is happening, right when you're doing this, jumping from your perspective. 
Although from God's perspective, of course, there is no there is no line that he has to jump over and skip anyone. But from the way we're viewing it, that's what's happening. So the actions that we do reflect the perception of Pesach that we have. Now, what's interesting about this Rashi is that we know it seems to stand in contradistinction to the interpretation of Targamunculus. Now, Targamunculus on our Pesach, the one we just read, when he talks, when the Pasuk says, Pesach hu Hashem, Unculus translates this with a non-translation. He says that Teichun Yesu Bivihilu, you eat it with a sense of hurriedness, almost a confusion, a Behilu. Pischachu Kodam Hashem. It's Pisach doesn't say what this Pischa is. Later in this parak, he's actually going to translate it to Targumunculus very famously. The first time he translates it is in Pesach of Gimel. This is where the description of what is going to happen that night occurs. This description is given by Moshe to the Bnei Yisrael. And it's a reflection of what God himself said in Pasuk Yud Gimel. In Pasuk Yud Gimel, Rashi, well, we have Rashi and Unculus again. So, let's read the Pasuk with Rashi and Unculus. God sees the blood and that verb that is the root of the word Pesach. The Targum Unculus on that Pesach of Fasachti Aleichem, although he Pesach Hashem, he just translates as Pischa, on Fasachti Aleichem, he says, I'll see the blood and the death will not come into you. Achus, Pesach means compassion. I'll be chas on you. I will, um, uh, perhaps you deserved it. Perhaps in some ways we deserve to die. Perhaps this death that was called out by God in a way could have been equally meted out. But God saves us. He saves us. He has Rahmanis on us. He has compassion on us. Rashi quotes this Unculus, Vichamalti, using the word for compassion, Chemla. Rashi quotes a Pasuk in Yeshaya that's similar, Pasuach Vihimlit. He knows that that is Unkelis. And he says, Vani Omer, that's me, Rashi, he's saying, Ko What's really going on is, like he said before, in Pasuk Yud Aleph, Psicha means jumping. 
It means skipping, jumping up. And then Rashi quotes a number of sources for the word showing that verb being used in such a way. Now, despite the fact that he knew about the Unkelis, Rashi stuck to his guns here. And that was really reflected already in Pasuk Yudalif. What's interesting is that, now that is what I just read to you, is Rashi in Pasuk Yud Gimel. In Chav Gimel, where Moshe and the Zikanim, or Moshe and Aaron, describe to the Bnei Yisrael what is going to occur, they describe God being Ovar and Uposach Hashem Ala Pesach. Here, Rashi interestingly quotes Unculus as primary, Vachomal, which is quite interesting because Rashi already seems to have strongly made the case that he believes that the right translation here is not the Unculus translation, which is, I, I would say, weak in terms of scriptural um, uh, allusions and other psukim backing uh, references. It's more a translation that fits in in terms of context. In terms of context, Unculus seems to make sense. And the truth is, as I've noted many times, that I think we would be a, a, a subject to a lot less anti-Semitism and other things had we called this holiday compassion and not called it Pesach, not called it Passover, because Passover lends itself to this idea of why we're saved and you die. Whereas compassion has to do with God as the compassionate being who had compassion over his creatures, which I think is something that everybody can understand and, and comprehend within with, with models and examples from their own life. Yet Rashi feels that this is the pshat, um, and that's what Pasach means, even though it's an anthropomorphism, because there is no real skipping or jumping. It's only the way this event is perceived by us, because this is sort of like the same way we call Orion the bear or whatever it is. That's the constellation of, uh, that we see, even though it's obviously stars aligned. From our perspective, this is what it looks like. This looks like a dipper. This seems like God skipping. And therefore, God knows that's the way we're perceiving it. And therefore, God calls it Pesach Hashem. And that's the reason why, since that's the way we are going to perceive this event, the way that we eat the Korban Pesach, at least the very first one, was also sort of we're skipping and jumping around. And we're sort of in this hurried state and a little bit here and grabbing here and a little bit in this spot. And yet we have to move on. It's almost like we've, we're in our, we're in the clothes, like the angel of death or God Himself is moving from place to place, dressed in His uh, outer gear. That is the way it turns out. Now it's interesting that in um, uh, that pasuk where the word Pesach is first stated, Rashi's grandson reads this pasuk very differently. The pasuk says Kochul Tocheloso. Like I said, with the armor, with the out, with the outfit, with this attitude, because that what you're doing is reflective of what God is going to be doing. Pesachu Hashem. The Rashbam feels that there should be an asnacht, although it's not there, 
uh, in the way, in our traditional way of reading the Torah. The Asnacht is under the word Biyetchem. According to the Rashbam, you put a Asnachta after the word Chiposam. Period. Now, comes the next subject. Pesachu Lashem, even though it's in Pesachut Aleph. And you know why it's called? This is a Pesach that's about to happen. Not that the Korban is a Pesach. This is a description of what God is going to do. God is going to do a Pesach. That's what Pesachut Aleph says. And Pesachut Beis tells us how. Vivarti Beretz Mitzrayim. And by in a sense, skipping the uh, Jewish houses, that's how your Pesach is going to occur. But not that the way we eat the Korban somehow defines the name or the attitude that we're supposed to have and the understanding we have of God uh, in terms of what he's doing. So in other words, according to Rashi, the uh, what we did in Mitzrayim, although for, we don't do it anymore as much, in a way defines for us it's what we do that somehow builds for us the mindset of what God is going to unleash. The event of Makas Pachoros and the event that frees us, that Kvitsa Vidiluk. What's fascinating is that after this intense description, of Achila and how Achila happens, it seems to disappear, if not completely, but is totally, totally sublimated in terms of a larger word and frame of reference. When the Psukim describe Moshe and, and the Zikanim are calling to the Zikanim and telling them what this mitzvah of Korban Pesach is, he does say, and he does mention right away calling it a Pesach. But again, Unkelis, although we know <laughs> perhaps why it's called that, Unkelis says, Shecht, the Korban, Pesach. The next couple of psukim describing what they should do just mentions the blood dipping and the application of that blood and the warning not to leave the house, but nothing about eating the Korban Pesach. Nothing about eating it. It mentions what God is going to do and that the mashkis will not come into our homes, but it doesn't mention eating. In fact, when the next Pesach speaks about Moshe describing how in the future this is still going to be done, and that when we are in this great land of Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to be doing this avoda, again, a new term, we're doing this avoda hazos. Our children are going to ask, as we know, the Rosh asks, ma avoda hazos, and our children will ask this, ma avoda hazos lachem. And you'll tell him, here what's being stressed is the Zevach. 
What's being stressed is the slaughtering, not the eating. True, slaughter usually results in eating, but there still is no mention of the fact, and that's why I'm eating this carbon. The next passage, which speaks about the Bnei Yisrael's happiness and how they went and did it, it just says, Vayasu Bnei Yisrael, Kasher Tziva, Hashem Esh Moshe, Ba'aron, Kenosu. Now, you could say, well, of course, that means taking it and shrita and eating it. Well, eating it hasn't happened yet because we, this is just seemingly to take it. But yet, that term of asiya, doing the right thing, just getting this whole thing done, becomes the, the word that replaces everything. When the Bnei Yisrael are told in the second year from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, meaning a whole year has, has passed approximately, and now it's time to do the Pesach again, Vayasu, God says, do it. doesn't say to take, to shecht, Vayasu. And once again, it says, the very next Pesach in, in, in Baha'u'llah, Ba'ar Ba'asar Ba'yom Ba'chodesh Hazet, Tasu also, do it. Ve'edabra Moshe Ba'ni Yisrael, Va'asos, go ahead and do it. Next Pesach says, Vayasu, and they did it. Nothing about that they ate it, that they shechted it, right? Um, and of course, this brings in one of the most fascinating parashios in the Torah, where, where God uh, responds to people who feel they didn't have a chance. These people who were tmeim l'nefesh odam, and they couldn't. Lasos, lasos, ha-pesach. Now here, they, when, in their own words, they say, Why should we be any less? So here we see the idea of a carbon to God. How come we shouldn't be able to do it? We're tome, and we know, and again, it was obvious they understood that a tome couldn't eat, right? Because, well, they couldn't go into the place where the, uh, the carbon would be slaughtered, but there is no responsibility for a person to be connected to the Korban Pesach to be in that place. He just needs someone to slaughter it for his sake. So what this means is that because they were Tomei and there existed an Azhara for a Tomei person to eat holy meat of Kodsha meat, therefore they could not be part of the Korban. Because, as we said, and this is very, the Korban is dependent on your ability to eat it that night. And these people, as the Gemara goes into great detail, were not able, because of they were Tameh and the type of Tumah they had, who they exactly they were. Some say they were Mishol, Avitzofin, and Azariah, who had uh, dealt with the dead bodies of Nodov and Aviu. And because of that, they weren't able to become Tohor early enough uh, to eat the Korban Pesach, whoever they were. Their problem is, is they can't be part of the carbon. They can't be part of the carbon because, as we're going to see, they can't eat the carbon. But the Torah, of course, doesn't say it that way. They just can't be makriv the carbon. And Moshe is stumped. He doesn't know what to do. He says, let's see what God commands you. The next passage, when God says, okay, here's your option. If you are Tomei, also Pesach, you will do a Pesach, but you'll do it the next month. You'll do it the next month. And Chodesh Iyar, Ben Arbayim Yasuo. So again, you will do it. There will be eating, of course, but 
not you will eat it that night on the night of the 15th. You will do it on the 14th and you will eat it on Matzah Sumerorim. Even when it speaks about what we consider the mitzvahs of Achila, the Torah, when it writes about the Pesach Shani, says, Once again, those chukim that are connected to Pesach have to be done. Here comes one of the most important psukim in the Torah. Someone who was able, he was tahar. He could have eaten from the Korban Pesach that night. He could have bought, bought in, had a partial ownership, had a slaughtering done on his behalf. He wasn't so far away that he was so far that he couldn't reach the place of eating. That's what it means here. Derech means that even though many times shlichas can be performed way across the world, but if it's a physical impossibility for that person to have reached Yerushalayim or wherever the carbon was being shechted, in order to eat it that night, then he is not, he's considered off the grid. And he can't, even though he paid, he can't be part of the carbon Pesach. Because even though it's true, it was owned by him and it was slaughtered on his behalf. He is not able to come and eat it. And he refrained from doing the Pesach. So what uh, results is the terrible punishment of Kores. The cutting off of his soul. Not for not eating it, though. For not being part of the carbon. For the fact was, he can't be. In other words, he could have been. He could have been part of the carbon, but he wasn't. And since he refused to be part of it, he sat around, didn't invest his money, didn't join up with any team, didn't go out and, and be part of something. Kares accrues. We know Kares usually accrues when you eat chaylev. Kares accrues when you eat chametz. This is Kares for not doing something. Kares for a bitl asay. Ki garben Hashem lo hikrif. The pasuk goes on. So what do you get Kares for? For not being part of the Korban Pesach. Not for not eating it. If you're part of a Korban Pesach, that's fine. Now, you've missed the midst of eating it if you don't eat it. But you're not Chayv Kares. And yet, the, being part of a Korban Pesach is based on your ability to eat it. But you don't have to. I find that fascinating. The mitzvah is not to eat it. Although that, that would seem that's what it's all about, right? It's like the two-week build-up to the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is like, uh, who cares? <laughs> it's the build-up. Well, not this year, but in general, right? Have fun, go to this crazy place, wherever it is, party, see all your friends. Game? Yeah, who cares? You could have been at the game, though. You were connected to it somehow, right? If you're not connected, what are you doing here? You have to have some connection. Your connection is, I could be here. I could be part of it. But even though you don't show up, you don't come to the house, you don't eat the carbon, you're safe. No curries for you. Because you could have. Because when it was slaughtered, you were able to eat it. 
wasn't just your ownership. It was your, the potential of your involvement as an eater. The Rambam says clearly that there's two mitzvahs. One mitzvah is to slaughter the Korban Pesach, which means to be makrabit. The other mitzvah is eating it. And the slaughtering it is the one you're, if you're not part of that slaughter, you're not part of that ownership that results in this action and this Rika Saddam, which is so crucial. Then you're Chayv Kores. Then you have another mitzvah about eating the Korban Pesach, which the Rambam speaks about mitzvah nun Zion, the mitzvah Echel Kevesa Pesach. Now, I'd like to suggest that when the Rambam writes this, the Rambam is not saying there's a mitzvah to eat, a kazayas of matzah, a kazayas of the korban bezach, like a kazayas of matzah. The mitzvah is to eat the keves. The mitzvah is to eat the whole sheep. The mitzvah is to have this whole sheep eaten. Different than matzah, as I said before. This mitzvah of achila, of course, when, when you can do it, is important. And when you have it, it's a different mitzvah than the normal achila. I would suggest, again, that normally, even for a shlomim, when a, a regular shlomim, which the Pesach is very similar to, and you bring because a great event occurred for you, you would, be, you would, you would uh, as a, the amount of meat you would eat, you wouldn't want to burn it, but you're makayim, your mitzvah of achila, with a kezayis. In terms of nosar, that's a, that's, eating it is, is, is a way not for it to be nosar, but it's not that with every um, kezayis, you're fulfilling the mitzvah. Possibly you get some sort of schus of eating korbanos, but your mitzvah is niskayim on a regular shlomim. If you say a, a baal has a mitzvah, Again, might be a question in itself, but that would be Niskayim with the Kezayas, not with the whole animal. We might discuss about the Kohanim. When they eat, do they have a mitzvah to eat the Matnas Kahuna from a Shlomim, which is the Chazay Vishok, the chest and the thigh? Do they have to eat the whole thing, or a Kezayas is enough? You would seem probably a Kezayas is enough. Yet here the Rambam says the mitzvah is to eat the animal, which implies. The whole thing. The Rambam goes on to describe how moror is incidental, and that um, that the mitzvah is to eat the carbon. Although the moror is also a mitzvah if you have it. If there's no moror, then you're yotze without the moror. When the Rambam quotes a number of of mechiltas and chazal in order to clarify his point, he also mentions something which he says also in Hilchas. Uh, a carbon Pesach also refers to it in Hilchos Chometzumatza. Ha Pesach Nechal Achila Sova. Now we talked about in the Rambam's uh, idea of how eating should occur. That eating should never really be at a sova. You know, we all find ourselves with this nisoyo, because we we talked about that 75% solution of eating only 25%, up to 75%, not eating the last 25%. Yet the Rambam Paskins, based on the Gemara, of course, that our Pesach is nechalachila sova, that it should be eaten at the end, it should be the thing that fills you up. The Matzen Mara, which are done separately or before aren't the thing that fills you up. It's that it's that pesach that needs to fill you. 
And of course, the reason is, is because it's the bosser. That should be the thing that sends you away. That's the thing that should be in your mouth, that tam of the Pesach. That's that achila that brings you to something which is so unusual. It's beyond what you usually do. And that is, that's the topper, is the Basar Pesach. Now, the Rambam in Hilchus Korban Pesach says the following. It's in Perak Beis, Halacha Beis. That if an individual comes to Shech the Korban Pesach, we accept him. The Kohanim there say, okay, you're allowed. You have no friends. You have no family. You have to be able to eat the whole animal. Now, it's got to be like junior samples from Hee-Haw. It's got to be somebody who looks like he could eat a whole animal. However, we'd rather stay away from it. Because it says, from there we see that it should be a bunch of people. Because generally you need a bunch of people to eat. Even though the guy looks like he could take the whole animal. Generally, we don't want that. But if he says he can, if he's Roy, he looks like he can eat that whole animal, then we're going to shecht it. Although we're going to be particular up to a point. The next halach of the Rambam says is that you need to be able to eat it. Now, I said before that the Rambam says the mitzvah is to eat the carbon, not just the kezayas. The mitzvah is to eat the keves. And yet, the Rambam says that when you have your list, and let's say they go to the Kohen to do the shrita, and he looks at this animal, and he's got a list of people, and he talks to them, he knows who they are, Maybe it's the Kohen from their town. They have to be people, they have to be able to eat. If one of them is a zokin or a chola, someone who is having a hard time eating, well, they talk to him. Can you eat a kezayis, uncle? Can you eat a uh, person who seems to be ill? Are you able to get a kezayis down? If you can, he can be part of the list. If not, you have to cross him out. He shouldn't really be in the list. But a kezayis is enough. So despite the fact that the mitzvah is to really eat though as much as you can, but kezayis is the minimum. The minimum is a kezayis. You can have a hundred people. And you know that considering the size of the animal, they are going to lick that animal clean. It's just going to be bones. They're going to be able to get everything. All the meat from it's going to be gone. There's not going to be any nosar. In other words, what the Rambam is saying, even if you know with this group, despite the fact that they all eat just less than a kazayas, but there's a hundred of them. And therefore we know there's not going to be any meat left. The kachim will not be sitting there having to be burnt. That carbon Pesach is possible. You can't shech such a carbon Pesach. It's not like the previous one that we were not so happy about it. If you have a Chabura, even though you know for sure they're going to lick it clean, but no one there is really capable of eating a Kasayas, the carbon is not shechted. Despite the fact. So on one hand, there is a mitzvah for the whole carbon to be eaten. 
On the other hand, every single person at least has to make a kazayas from it. But that's not enough. If everybody eats a kazayas and there's still much left, they need to work for two reasons. First of all, part of the mitzvah is to eat as much as they can and to fill themselves with it. And secondly, we don't want the carbon to become puzzle and have to be burnt. And that's the reason why the Ramam says in the next halacha, Let's say, in an onen, of course, is someone who has had someone die, a close relative, and his inability to eat is because of not being able to be in a state, because this is a carbon, and they can't be in a state of simcha to eat the meat. I'd like to put onen on the side and, 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 and zero in on the chole and the zokeh. So they aren't able physically to eat. But here they can. The Rambam says, let's say we talk about a chol and a zokeh that have proven that they can eat a kezayas. But since there's no one here who's a real good eater, and even though everyone here is capable of a kezayas, we don't expect the carbon to go. We don't expect it to be bone clean. And therefore, Shema Yashiru So there, Bidieved, if you shecht it, it's kosher. But the Katchila, we don't want a carbon to be brought that you're probably going to have to burn some of it, even though every single one can eat a Kazayas. Now, This situation where uh, you are in a state where you you can, you're capable of eating kazayas, but you are financially or choshen mishpatly not able to eat the kazayas. The Rambam explains. We know that you got to get a bunch of people together. They all contribute, and then this korban is eaten. They all eat it together. If recognizing the amount of meat that's going to be in this animal after it's slaughtered and after the Amurim go on the Mizbeach, unlike regular Shlomim, there aren't, uh, the Kohanim do not get the Chazay Vishok of a Korban Bezach. The meat goes to the Ba, the Amurim, of course, go to the, to the Mizbeach, some of the fats and the special parts, but the meat goes to the owners that are part of it. So based on what we know the meat is going to be and the amount of people, we figure kazai is for everyone. Let's say um, you have that amount. And then you sell shares to someone else. So basically, the first people who represent the first, let's say, 50 people that now there can be a kazayas for each one, this is their carbon. And they don't have to make uh, a Pesach Sheni. The other ones who were sort of hoodwinked into it, and they're all on the list, but because they were added to the list later, because they contributed later, there might be a little meat left, but not enough to allow a kazayas for all of them. Let's say three quarters of the animal can be parceled out, and then the last quarter was given to too many people. So it turns out all those people who bought in at the same time, 
in terms of a Choshen Mishpah, in terms of what they all buy, they end up based on the amount they paid and the amount of the animal potentially that was going to be there, they would have gotten less than a Kezayas. None of them have been Yotze their mitzvah at all. They have no right to eat from the carbon. And it was a mix-up. They needed to do the Pesach Sheni. And a Chayv Kares, because I guess it was a mathematical mix-up. I guess we can't say that they were lazy about it. But their carbon Pesach Rishon is nothing, despite the fact that they seem to have had ownership in part of the animal. As I said before, the Achiva, although of course it's a great mitzvah to fulfill and it must feel great to do it, is not connected to your Chiv Karis and not connected to doing Pesach Sheni. The Rambam says clearly, Ha'onen v'chol they were, when it was shechted, they were capable of eating, they were owners, and they could have eaten that night. But then what happened? The Zrika Saddam occurs, now the Korban was done. Nit they became Tameh. Now they can't eat, they can't eat Kachim. So again, there's no Pesach Sheni for them, because they did the Pesach Rishon, despite the fact that it was impossible for them to eat the Korban. The Rambam Menuchas Korban Pesach underscores the mitzvah, like he says in Sefer Mitzvah, is to eat the Basar Pesach Achiva Sova. Now, how do you get, especially with there's a lot of people, how do you get it that that Korban Pesach meat is going to fill you up? So, the way that is taken care of is by a special type of Korban Shlomim that's called the Shalmei Chagiga. It's brought also on the 14th, unlike the other Shalmei Simcha, the Shlomim of Yontif, that are brought on Yontif itself, this is brought on the 14th. Why is it brought? It's brought in order for the meat to come to the Seder, to come to the place for the people to eat, to sort of fill themselves with that meat before they get to the Korban Pesach meat. As the Rambam says, and then you eat the Basar Pesach today with Sevoa Mimeno. Now, let's say you're still not full. It's still good enough. You thought that that kazayas would fill you, but it doesn't. You still stop there. You'd love it to be that you were eating and eating to the point. Now it's time for Svia. I eat the Karman Pesach. Even though that's all you get is a kazayas, you're still Yotze, but what we'd like it to do is Yotze Svia. So that's the reason why we have the Shlomim, and of course, this is symbolized by us in the night of Seder, by the egg. That's what the egg, the significance of the egg is. Now, you might wonder, how does it all work, Lamaisa, when the Seder happens? So this is actually the Ramam Hilchas Kometz of Matzah Perikhes. And unlike your Maxwell Hell's Haggadah directions, these were the halachas the Rambam wrote for Yemosa Mashiach. These were the halachas the Rambam wrote that would be true. They were true at one time, and Mirza Shem will still be true when Mashiach comes. The Rambam says that we take the two matzahs. Um, this is after we do the Haggadah. And... Um, you take the broken matzah, you put it into, you wrap it into the whole matzah, and you make a mozi. And unlike other Yom Tovim, where we have two whole ones, this is a special holiday of Lechem Oni. 
So therefore, we have one whole and one broken. What bracha do we make? Hamotzi. Then the Rambam says, you take the matz and you put moror together, dip it in charoses, and you make a new bracha. Asher kedishonu b'mitzvosov v'tzivonu awachilas matzas u'merorim. That's that pasuk. Al matzas u'merorim yochaluhu. Meaning, you're going to eat the korban pesach coming up, but first you're going to have matzah and moror preceding it, not like Hillel. So the bracha was alachilas matzas umrorim. Again, the Ravid says that that is Hillel. Uh, again, that could be an interpretation of Hillel, but not the way we we put them all together. That's matzas umrorim. That is the second after you make the hamotzi. Have you eaten any kazayas? I don't know. I don't think so. You make a hamotzi. Then you take the moror with the second bracha. And then it sounds like you have to eat. Afterwards, the next halacha, the Rambam says, then you make the bracha, and one that you're probably not so familiar with. Where? Maybe it's the rabbis who commanded us to do it. Perhaps there's a remez in the Torah as well of this mitzvah of achilas shlomim. And then we eat that some meat from the shlomim. Then the Rambam says, And then, after you've eaten that meat, meat seemingly from both of the animals, eat whatever you want, kugel, soup, gefilte fish beforehand, perhaps, Drink whatever you want. Ubachrona, eat from the Basra Pesach. Afilu Kazayas. Here where the Rambam says, the, there's two achilos. There's one achila towards the beginning of the meal, coming after the matzah and the chagiga. And then there's another achilos of Pesach, of the Korban Pesach at the end. And that's the one that's alasova. That's the end of the meal. And what's in your mouth? The Tam Basra Pesach. The Ramam says, Well, I guess we know that, but the Ramam seems to be emphasizing that's the, the mitzvah. So I found this Ramam interesting because most people don't think that there's actually two kazesim. There's, or at least two separate achilos, achilo before the meal, achilo at the end of the meal. And even though the brocha on the Korban Pesach is towards the beginning of the meal, the part that sort of symbolizes the end, the one that we try to do before chatzos, the one that's most reflective of what our forefathers did, that's at the end, without the bracha, the one that fills us, 
the one that sort of takes us to this different place where that's what's in our mouth. That's the idea that we have in our mouth, uh, like as we tell the Chacham, Ein maftirin achar ha-pesach. That's the one that has at least a kezayis. But there's actually two different achilas happening, which I thought was a chiddish in terms of the eating of the basar. There are two more places in the Torah or Tanakh where the Pesach is very primary. One of them is by Chizkiyahu HaMelech, who in a great tshuva movement uses the holiday of Pesach Sheni to call for a spiritual renewal for everyone to find themselves in Yiddishkeit once again. And despite the fact that there had been a Zorah and Kohan and Leviim embarrassed about not doing their jobs and a, a nation that become fractured by war and strife, this was Chizkiyo's idea that we should do a great big Pesach on in Eor. And there was uh, the, the Torah in Divrei Ayom in Perak Lamed, Perak Odirim Beis, Perak Lamed speaks about everyone going to do the Pesach. And once again, it doesn't say anything about eating the Korban Pesach. It's about doing it, La'asais Pesach, which seems to, again, be the whole package. The involvement, the Shrita, the Akrova. What's interesting, though, is that although it was a great plan to be done, the result didn't work out so perfectly. Um, the idea was that uh, we have to go and do it. And the Choronaf, the anger of God, will be taken away. Because that's the greatest sign of tshuva is all being involved in this exciting mitzvah. And they really did a great campaign. However, it was it was met with there were many people in the countries the jews that from the from the from the ten tribes so to speak that that laughed at them Usher and Menashans and they were all right with it they did come to Yerushalayim. and there was a great sense of unity up to a point and there was a great tshuva feeling to get rid of the Mizbechot that were not Laman Hashem and they were destroyed and sent to Nachal Kidron. However, as the, as the Torah writes, there were many who were low Wiskachu. Not everybody was Tohar. There were a number of people here who probably shouldn't have been there eating it. As the, as the Pasuk writes, Kiochu esa Pasuch below Kakosuv. <laughs> they were actually Tomei, and they really shouldn't have been bought of the Korban Pesach. But it's interesting that Chizkiyo knew that things were not perfect. Chizkiyo realized that these halachas that we spoke about in the Rambam, based on the Psukim, were difficult to fulfill. But Chizkiyo daven for them, the Torah says. Ki and I guess there were people who ate the Korban Ushumnev. And God gave them a pass. Despite the fact they had done they had done it wrong. 
And here they were, they had a Chag HaMatzos. That, of course, was not really a Chag HaMatzos. It was, the, it was an ER. But they did it B'Simcha Gedola. And then they had another seven days of Simcha. The fact that they could bring more Korbonos and find themselves with God. Cheskiyo's descendant, Yoshio, was a little more successful. The Torah uh, doesn't say that there was any ridicule. Of course, by this time, uh, there was very little of the Aseris Hashvatim, and they were in a very terrible state. But the Torah writes, Vayas Yoshio, Yerushalayim Pesach Lashem, Vayishchutu Pesach. Not much about eating it, but again, doing it, shechting it. And this again was the start of the chizik of the Mishmoros of Klau Yisrael doing the Korban Pesach. This, in fact, this Korban Pesach really brought Yoshio to many determinations of what would be the future of the Jewish people, not just for Bayes Rishon, but Bayes Sheni, as the Nitziv explains. They were getting ready for Golis, but this last shining moment also happens with the Korban Pesach. In fact, with this Korban Pesach, the Torah writes that the government supplied animals that were now then owned by the people. And the Torah speaks about the fact, the Novi speaks about the fact that that the amount of korbonos and the way it was done, Lonasa Pesach Kamobi that this was one of the greatest carbon Pesach experiences that were ever done. It wasn't something that had to be done like it was by Chizkiyo, where it was done uh, incorrectly and there was stuff happening in the wrong month. The carbon Pesach is our identity carbon. The Achilasa carbon is somehow the action that, in a way, reflects our understanding of how God redeems us. And not only in the past, but also as a way to build even towards some uncertain future, but an uncertain future that we face with a sense of achdus and a sense of strength that we are not in the bad place we were before. That is why when you read what occurred with Yoshiohu, it gives us hope about how the study and hopefully the eventual fulfillment of this mitzvah, which we hope we're able to fulfill, Bakar of Mamish can once again be a harbinger of that incredible great time that we have in front of us. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.